breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is off yes. uh, to Atlanta. No seersucker, we hope. We'll see. <laughs> Wait Ruben, for the pictures. Yeah, I'm waiting for the pictures. Um, going to still talk city council now because there was something that kind of happened that nobody really talked about because of the Shenerica Fleming's bomb drop right. in the middle of the room. But... James Green, the chairman of the council, was also called on the carpet by a couple of his fellow council members for remarks he made two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was, when he talked about um, the problems in our community were not the fault of black people, that now that the numbers on the council have changed, oh, everybody in town is scared. And um, I'm going to play what he said two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And then I'm going to play what he said this week, where he sounds like he's changing his tune and he apologizes. Uh, you sniff out any falsehoods. You know, when you hear a falsehood, raise your hand. I'll see you. Um, here's James Green from a few weeks ago with regard to who's causing all the trouble in Shreveport and in Shreveport politics. But when the numbers change, the whole city gets all rattled that now we got four black folk and we don't know what they're going to do. One, we as black folk, we ain't ever messed nothing up. We've never messed it up. This country is where it is, not because of black folk, not because of us. What you see in this city, it is not because you had a history of four blacks who messed this up. That's not how it was. So now that it's four and everybody is afraid, what they going to do? Remember that everybody's afraid. This mm. whole city. Here's from this week. James Green, after being called on the carpet about those very remarks, here's what he said. I was not talking about the city of Shreveport. I was talking about the votes that been taken by previous council members up here and i was only speaking about the numbers have changed up here and everybody in the city or people in the city were nervous i was not relating to people all over the city i was talking about specific that before it was four three reverse now that it's different i was saying that people are nervous that we were going to mess stuff up because it was four of us and not the way it was. I was not in any ways wise saying anything about the citizens of this entire city. I was just speaking about this particular board. If there are some things that people took the wrong rate that I said, so to the citizens of Shreveport, I was not talking about you all. I was talking about the makeup of this board Maybe it didn't come out that way. Again, I apologize if you citizens felt that I was talking about you all. I was talking about the makeup of this board. Okay. 
Let me go back to the other one. You listen to the beginning <laughs> where he says the other one. everybody in yeah. this city. I'm not going to play the whole part of it, but everybody in the city. I think he said everybody in the city. Let's see. But when the numbers change, the whole city. The whole city. Did you hear that? The whole city. The whole, when the numbers change, the whole city. Here we go. Let's try again. But when the numbers change, the whole city gets all rattled. That now we got four black folk and we don't know what they gonna do. The whole city. Okay, Ruben, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch oh, this. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, let's put Jim Talaferro in that seat. Okay. And let's let Jim Talaferro say, "White people didn't cause the problems in this city." That's a little different. White people have never done anything wrong. That would have gotten quite a reaction. <laughs> it, problems in this city didn't happen because of white people. Ugh, man. You can't go there either side anymore. You have to stop this. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if Tom it's Arsenault it. said, white people aren't the problem in this community. If he would be run out of City Hall. Oh, run out on a rail, for sure. On a rail. <laughs> if Grayson Butcher got up there and said, white people aren't the problem in this community. Stop it, Mr. Green. You're a reverend. And you didn't, you you lied. You said everybody in the city, this whole city. Yeah. And now you're, ooh, waffling back because somebody called you out on it. Ooh, let's get on that waffle train. <laughs> the waffle train. Is there a waffle train? There's a waffle train. He's on it. <laughs> He's on it. I, he is, I'm just uh, fed up with it. I'm, and I'm sorry, and, I'm, and the mayor's going to be in this studio. We're going to talk Mardi Gras coming up at 640. But I'm, if we don't clean up this city council mess and it's, do something about this, this town is never going to give this community another dime. It's like, it's, it's baffling. It's, it's like we put junior high school kids in charge sometimes. It, the, the feeling is, is just so weird. You know what? I don't want to blame who's the problem in the city. I don't want to say who's to blame. I want us to right. find solutions. Solutions. Let's That's, fix it. Let's not, whatever the problem is, let's fix it. Let's not point fingers. Let's not say dumb things. Why divide us even further? Uh, well, he's apologized. If he offended anybody, you think might you might offend somebody if you said black people didn't do nothing wrong? You think it would be offensive if I said white people didn't do nothing wrong? Stop it. Everybody that's doing that kind of garbage, stop it. It's ridiculous. We all have to live in this community together. We all have to find solutions together. Oh, it's time for my medication. Can we play sports? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I don't care a thing about sports, and I just want to hear sports. 1017. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel. Look who wandered in early. I see <laughs> Mayor Tom Arsenault. Uh, Mike is out today. He's going. He's going to a wedding. I'm going to ask your. You have a man card with you today. Did you bring it? A man card. Yeah, man card. Man card. Man card. You have your man card. I. I and hope you're a so. southern gentleman. I hope so. 
um, Mike is going to a wedding in Atlanta. And we've been fighting for a week or two now about this. Um, you own a seersucker suit. I've seen you wear it a time or two. You probably have a couple of them. I do. Is it appropriate after Labor Day to wear seersucker? You know, there are two views on that, okay. actually. All right. uh, I follow the Labor Day rule. Thank you. But uh, but I uh, I have been advised by some of my staff members that, that, that's, that as long as the weather is as warm as it is, that seersucker is appropriate. Okay. So if you're so, going if you're going to a wedding in so there Atlanta, are two man cards. <laughs> <laughs> See, I Mike Mike and his wife were in a big tiff about this because they're going to a wedding in in Atlanta, Georgia. I know it's southern, and you'd think a seersucker there would be kind of appropriate longer. And she said, "You're not really going to wear that, are you?" And so Mike, I think, is leaning on the you've been married you know 39 years or whatever you do what the wife says you know you keep the wife happy yes dear is a part of the, <laughs> is definitely a part of the man card so i think he was packing some slacks and a jacket <laughs> i don't know if the um seersucker went with him or not but uh i i know i've seen you in seersucker and i thought you probably know about this little rule and and, pr- and you still adhere to it some or perhaps not. Oh me? No, yeah. I put mine away at Labor Day. You always do. I have, yeah, I have. Okay. I have. I have white shoes and seersucker, and they they go away at Labor Day. You're here this morning. We're not going to start on it now because we're we are short of time. But uh, thanks for wearing your LSU shirt. And I did not know you were coming in person. And I did not mean to wear my New Orleans shirt. I'm so sorry. My shirt. I, did, I will say, I did tell you I was coming in person very late in the game. Yes, you did, and that's okay. But we're going to talk about Mardi Gras at about, in about 10, 12 minutes, something like that. And the crews of Centaur and Gemini have, they've sent you a counter offer, a pro- counter proposal. Um, I don't know what's going on with that, but you're here to address that. Yep. Um, I want to hear more about that as well. And we might drift off into other subjects. We're not going to talk about the council and James Green and that Shanerica Flemings. That's not your business, correct? And so he's not here here to talk about that. He has served on the council. And um, I was happy to find out that you kind of left the room before that all kind of blew up. So we will uh, talk Mardi Gras and, and I might... I might coax some other info out of him about other topics, too. We shall see. That is all coming up. 101.7. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel. Uh, Aaron McCarty here. Got Scott Hughes in studio. He brought me coffee. Thank you so much. You sounded like you needed it. Well, I texted him that I needed a big bucket of coffee. They don't sell big buckets <laughs> of coffee. They don't sell big buckets. So I got the largest I could on behalf of the listeners. Thank you so much. Mayor Tom Arsenault is in studio. I thank you for coming in. I appreciate that a ton. My um, pleasure. We're, when we, our, our next long segment, we're going to talk Mardi Gras and the compromise proposal pitched by the crews. But right now you have another Capital Improvements Committee meeting. It's set for this evening. Right. It's 5, five o'clock. o'clock. Okay. 5 o'clock. And what are we going to hear about today? Uh, public works. Uh, so you'll hear a good bit about streets and and those kind of proposals. Okay. And that's going to be Gary Norman and Patrick Furlong, the Correct. city engineer. And it's open to the public. Do they get to talk? 
Yes, it's a, it's a public meeting, so okay. the public does get to, to, they have a section for public comments. And this is where you'll outline kind of what streets we're aiming to fix and all that? Well, they'll outline what they think are the needs. Uh, in terms of what's aiming to be fixed, that's really the province of the committee at the first at first blush. Okay. That's, uh, so we're, Things that we're trying to inform the committee, but not to, not to command the committee. Okay. Now you know i'm going here things that were on the 2011 bond issue that haven't been done yet anything specific you night have street, in mind? yeah are they going to be back on the new bond issue because you need more money for night street we all know that i mean or do you include them or do you just kind of i'm working on a christmas present for you Ooh. For, uh, for night <laughs> okay. street and and i'm just until until we're ready to unwrap that i'm gonna okay can you unwrap uh, it on our on show I might. Okay. I might run rapid on your show. She's I still have getting, some people to communicate with about it. Right. She's used to getting cold on Christmas. So yeah, she wants, she, she really wants something is. different yeah. there, Arsenault. By the way, I'm in a dunking booth Saturday morning, 9 o'clock. We could uh, raise all the funds North Street, right there. People were pulling out their hundreds going, how many shots do I get? So I'll tell you more about that throughout the morning. We're going to talk Mardi Gras with the mayor. That is next right here on. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Scott Hughes is in for Mike today. Mayor Tom Arsenault is in the room. We're going to have some fun here and talk Mardi Gras. Um, you got a proposal. You, you, if you, If you're just on this Mardi Gras train, you wanted to make some changes to Mardi Gras, Mayor. And you sent a proposal to the Mardi Gras crews for a new contract. They have now countered. Um, doesn't seem like they're giving too much. Did they give? Did they give you anything? What does their proposal consist of? Uh, their proposal uh, enlarges the enlarges the parades, turns them into night parades. Wants a, a nine year uh, contract and other things. There's there's nothing in there that one would call a compromise. It, it wants a start time of 5 p.m. It does, and that will not happen. We have not started a parade in this community at 5 p.m. for many, many years, correct? Correct. We started last year at 3, is that correct. right? And you have proposed backing them up to 2.30. To 2.30. They started at Lake Street and Clyde Vant Parkway. You've proposed starting them near the railroad bridge. Yeah, I, have, I do have an update on that. Okay. We believe that we... Uh, First of all, all of the changes that we, and I would not call them proposals. I would call them what we intend to do. <laughs> oh, wow. Demands, they, they essentially. Were, no. They okay. were the conditions under which we could have those parades in what, in our opinion, would be safely. Okay. Public safety is our number one concern, right. and it should be our number one concern. Sure. So all of the changes that we are making have... A relationship to public safety. So the, the criteria. This is what's going to happen if you do this. That's correct. Just and, like just and, like you lease a park or something else, you, the rules are stated when you do the lease. That's exactly right. Okay. And so, and, and they're all public safety directed. We uh, uh, we looked carefully first at the, the, the first proposal was to start at East Stoner, and we looked at our. Uh, public safety plan decided that we did not need to them to start at East Stoner. They mm -hmm. could start at the basically at the railroad trellis. Okay. Uh, just at Veterans Park, mm -hmm. which we did because we felt we could do we could defend it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, we now believe that we have located uh, sufficient personnel from other agencies to be able to do the route from Lake Street. 
Okay. What other agencies? I mean, who's who's stepping I'm in? I'm not at liberty. I'm not at liberty to share that right now. Okay. But we feel comfortable that we're going to be able to do that if we can get the dates straight quickly. And because if not, our opportunity there is going to disappear. But but let me tell you that their setup and their lineup and everything, that was not going to be any different. Basically, from Lake Street to the trellis was just going to be a no-throw zone. Okay. So it really didn't impact the parade much at all. The things that we're asking them to do are things that we have asked them to do for years, and many of them they have not done, and so we put some teeth in it. Do you still need to move the date of the Centaur Parade? As of now, yes, because we need 60 additional personnel that we, we cannot locate to have those parades on the same day. Have you reached out to the governor or to uh, the National Guard or to any... I mean, is the governor going to step in and help at all with, like, state police or National Guard? I, I don't see, typically Typically, you call out the National Guard for emergencies, and mm-hmm. I'm afraid the Mardi Gras parade is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't constitute an emergency. They, the National Guard helps at the Natchitoches Christmas Festival. I've been told that. Um, so, a possibility? You're not, you're not saying no. The uh, Convention Tourist Bureau, excuse me. Visit Shreveport Bossier is mm-hmm. work. They know what we need, and they are working on resources uh, as we speak. If we have the resources, our issue is people. And mm-hmm. if we have the people, then then we can we can perform both parades. As of now, we don't have the people. And state police have historically been used in New Orleans, but unfortunately, they're historically used in New Orleans. They don't probably have 60 officers mm-hmm. to pull up to Shreveport because New Orleans is happening that same time. So uh, the lieutenant governor is happening all over the the state. And so the question is, once you start, once you start down that road and as my point, everybody, everybody asks for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then you run into a then you run into a a man, manpower, woman power shortage. The lieutenant governor told us on Keel and I and you're aware because I texted you that we can't move the date of one of our big parades because it will impact international tourism. Um, how do you respond to that, and has he reached out to you yet? I've heard not a peep from the lieutenant governor. I have contacted him uh, and sent him the reasons for our deal, and I have not heard a word from him. Uh, I presume that his remarks were uh, were made out of ignorance. Whoa. If he says he reached out to Stacy Brown to say, y'all can't move the dates of the parade, uh, that's the wrong person he should talk to, I guess, huh? Stacy Brown doesn't make those decisions. Those decisions are made in the mayor's office. And I know that the lieutenant governor has my phone number. Okay, what do you say to people who are who were planning to come February 3rd to the Centaur Parade? It's the biggest, I'm told it, it may be the, actually the biggest parade in the state in terms of the length of the parade, etc. That's part of our problem. It is. It's over five miles long. And mm. it takes a lot of people a lot of people to control crowds and to be able to control the kind of behavior that unfortunately some people engage in during Mardi Gras. So that's the reason that we that we have a manpower shortage in trying to in trying to uh, provide public safety for people so that their parade experience is a safe experience. And so I've heard two things, Tom, just to clarify, a lot of things, but two clear things. Number one, for any parade that takes place, there are now criteria. Is that, that that the city's putting out when, when any parade takes place? And number two, I've heard that the date of Centaur 
while not committed to be moving yet, it's going to take manpower to leave it on that day. Is that fair to say? It takes. We we need about sixty additional commissioned officers or some reasonable uh, substitute for so, those. So so you're committed to the criteria, but you're still open to have Centaur on that day if the resources somehow can be found. There there is there is no reason not to have the Centaur parade on that day except manpower. I just want to make, make that, clarify that. I'm going to make and sure you clarify that, that was, point, That's what I heard. It could still... People have said they rolled on the same day before. It's happened before, but it's a, it's a numbers issue now. It's happened before when we had 300 officers available. We have fewer than 200 officers available. Tom, I've known you a long time, so I'm going to ask you something that's out there in the community. You've heard. Tom Arsenault is against Mardi Gras. He doesn't like Mardi Gras. He thinks it's a bad idea. He would rather we not even have it. Tom ain't no fun. Tom's a fuddy-duddy. We're just just what people say. Is is that any truth to that at all? The Mardi Gras parades are a part of the culture of the city of Shreveport, and we welcome them. Should they be confined to the parkway only, possibly the Shreveport and Bossier side? Would that be the best long-term answer? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot more resistance to changing the route than there is to the to the things that we uh, suggested. The people along East Kings Highway and and surprisingly, even the businesses along Shreveport Barksdale Highway seem to enjoy it. I I see uh, no movement on the Bossier side to have any part of the parade in Bossier. The, I hate to ask you this, but I'm going to. The proposals you got Monday from the crew crews of Gemini and Centaur, uh, counter proposals, whatever you want to call them, disingenuous when you got them. Um, I was very disappointed to receive their proposal. And you're an attorney by trade, so you're used to the back and forth. You're used to negotiation. Yeah, this is really not a negotiation. We're doing we are doing what we need to do. We asked them with respect to some of the provisions in the contract. For example, how many records? How many records do you need to? How do they need to be spaced? We we asked for feedback from them because we now we use standards from places like Lake Charles and Lafayette, so we weren't reinventing the wheel uh, on this. More and wide many, open neighborhood style parades, right? And and uh, and so we we do not currently want. We do not feel it absolutely necessary to confine the parade to uh, to Clyde Fant, but we also have to provide a parade that is safe for the parade goers. And we've also we may be getting short on time, but we've also heard how will the criteria you've put out or the other issues. We, we've, we've talked, Jim and I, and um, Centaur, is Highland affected? We've heard that Highland might be affected. How would, how would Highland fall into this new protocol? Highland will be, Highland's a different parade because it's during the daytime and it's on a Sunday afternoon. But we have to be wary because Highland is entirely within neighborhoods and it has become very, very popular. So we will have some things... The, the distance requirements, the record requirements, those things are going to apply to the Highland Parade. Uh, the only other way to deal with the Highland Parade really is to change its route, and we, we sense that that would be a very unpopular decision, and therefore we don't want to go there. Two quickies. Folks have said charge more for those duck pond sites, and you could use that money for security. They're 75 bucks now. You could easily double it and still sell them out. Let's start there first. And then where we go from here? Well, first of all, our issue is not really a matter of money. 
our issue is a matter of people. Doubling, doubling it, tripling it, quadrupling it does not give us more people for crowd control and for law enforcement during the parade. So that I hear that issue, but the the fact is that money does not solve the problem. Where are we going from here? Do you answer their counter? Do you do you did you send them a letter saying this is not acceptable, or do you send your original proposal and go here's what we want? Is there a drop dead date you've got yeah. to achieve so we all know the answer? Well, the drop dead date really is more for them than it is for me. We can do the contract in December. We can do the contract in January, but uh, that doesn't give them much time to to prepare. I think if they spend as much time figuring out how to move their parade if they need to move the parade uh, as they as they have castigating me, then I think this problem would be solved by now. And did you answer their counter proposal, or did I, you? I got it at five o'clock on tuesday right after the council meeting and no i have not responded to them mayor tom arsenault thanks for coming in we appreciate it my pleasure thanks for having me 101 now more breaking news and trending talk with mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel okay scott city council meeting this week uh, popcorn, sausage balls. Uh, I mean, you had to have everything for that. I haven't officially talked to you about why. Why was Miss Fleming's allowed to give an eight-minute diatribe to her employer, her employer, as she's out walking out the door? I, I, I do not know, and I think of all the things that took place, that's the one that good government watchers look at. It's the one the public's looking at. Um, and we can break this down any way that we want to, but at the end of the day, when you're firing somebody, but let's just step away from what took place at the council. Mm-hmm. When you are terminating somebody, the best practice is to make it quick, to make it efficient, and to try to get the parties separated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's in the best interest of both parties. Sure. And that was the exact opposite. Why did they have to do it in a public meeting? I didn't understand that. Why not an executive session? Well, I'll go with they didn't have to do it in a public meeting. They chose to do it in a public meeting. And clearly... Uh, Someone of the council members told me they had to vote on it. So that was why. They have to vote. But you don't have to give the employee the microphone. No. You know, I mean, I I think I've I've heard different versions. So I'll just kind of go with my memory. But I I think in the past, I mean, let's go with what they could have done. They could have gone into executive session. Mm -hmm. It's a personnel issue. As I understand the charter, the council only has one or two real employees. They obviously, that's their employee. They Mm -hmm. they direct the clerk. I think they they directly or indirectly have control over probably the auditor because the Mm -hmm. auditor answers for them. And I do think by statute, they created this other... Other position, right? Um, um, the one that I believe Mr. Johnson is currently mm-hmm. in, and that's part of the issue. They created another position, and who does that answer to? But the, the, but back to management. If those are the positions they manage, that's their employees. You the common sense and really law is you don't talk about HR issues in public. Yeah. They should. They could have gone into executive session. They could have. They could have let her have her speech to them in executive session. Right. They could have come back out and they could have said, "Do I have a motion?" They would have had a motion. They could have voted and they would have gone. Um, and she could have been escorted out of the building. Now, if she wants to hold a news conference off the property somewhere else, that's fine. She clearly came to do what she wanted to do. She had friends in the audience. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, she had a prepared speech. And at the end of the day, that just simply shouldn't have been allowed. It wasn't good practice. Unreal. Uh, Chief Wayne Smith is joining us coming up after 7 o'clock right here. What- 
1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. Scott Hughes is here. And we have another very special guest in studio. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Saw you the other day, and I'm, I'm really kind of hoping you get ill on Saturday. No, no ill will, but you were pulling out the cash to, for my Duncan booth. and I, I will be there, uh, even if someone has to push me in a wheelchair. And thank you so much <laughs> for um, agreeing to take a dunk. Public yeah. safety. How's the arm, Wayne? Did you play baseball or anything? I did. I oh, did. I was hoping that. Yeah. yeah. Why did yeah. You I, I, I thought I heard up. that rumor that Wayne could really <laughs> sling it in his day. I could, and, and I am challenging, and encouraging everyone who Aaron has uh, irritated over the course of years <laughs> to come out, uh, bring some cash with you, and. Seize the opportunity to dunk her in some water. Matter of fact, I went by the bank yesterday. I've got my oh, cash. Oh, man, ready. he just pulled Is out it? his cash. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready. I will be there from 9 to 11. What's the cause for? It's the career fair for the Shreveport it, Police and, and Caddo Sheriff and all. Explain the is, event. It is. Uh, thank you so much to the North Shreveport Business Association. Uh, this is a group of people who care so much more about themselves. They care about our community. And so they are hosting this career fair. I have uh, nearly 200 openings throughout my agency. The sheriff's department has a bunch of openings, the fire department, the, the marshal's office. This career fair will be an opportunity for us to uh, talk about our openings, to, to hire people. We're going to start processing that very day. Mm-hmm. I might even wear my bikini. Just I'm thinking about it. And, Chief, uh, isn't this the same group? I mean, they're, the do, they're doing this to help you raise <laughs> funds and awareness on career but isn't this the same group that also donated land for the new one of the new substations? Absolutely. They're really big supporters of fire, fire and police. Absolutely. We're so excited about that. Um, almost at the corner of North Market and North Hearn, it used to be the Morant's Foundry. It's two and a half acres, and they have donated that to the city of Shreveport for a police substation. Uh, the deal has been done. It's gone through council. It is registered now in the name of the city of Shreveport, and we are so excited and looking forward to breaking ground. One of the big issues I brought you in here for is, uh, we'll talk Mardi Gras after the break a little bit, but I want to the, the big issue I brought you here for is these parking lot gatherings of young people, typically, in their cars. Some are drinking, they're carousing, loud music, and they may be in private parking lots. I was ill-informed. I thought if people gather in my parking lot here at the radio station and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, that I can call the police and you can come and just run them off. I mean, it, it, say, get out of here. Y'all go. You're trespassing. You can do that, but you can have more teeth in it if I register my parking lot with you. Explain that program. Uh, uh, many years ago, we had difficulty with the same kind of issues, people gathering on parking lots, and obviously trouble would uh, uh, began to erupt. So I got with the city court judges, a misdemeanor, and we agreed, they agreed, uh, we put together a proposal where you as a business owner, commercial business owner, that's the key to it, you can register your parking lot with the Shreveport Police Department. You have to put a sign at every entrance letting people know that it's registered with the Shreveport Police Department, and that is letting them know that we have your authority in your absence to challenge their presence and if their presence is not there to legitimately do business with you, your business is closed, to tell them to leave. And if they refuse to leave, to take the appropriate actions against them. You heard at the city council meeting the other day, perhaps it was the work session, about what's going on at the Mansfield Road, South Park Village Shopping Center, whatever it is, with the homeless people and doing things that are just absolutely despicable. And you made a comment that it hit me. You said... 
you know, this problem is getting worse. Over the last 10 years, this problem is becoming worse. And they're becoming more, you didn't use these words, but I could tell you were thinking they're more bold now. They're doing things that you would have never imagined they would have done years ago. What's prompting that? Any idea? There seem to be um, uh, more and more, I guess, displacement of people that I see around our city. I am not sure what is causing that. Uh, you know, naturally, people follow the food chain, so there has to be something here that's attracting uh, displaced people in that fashion. And um, it's beginning to occur more and more around town. I guess it's, I don't mm -hmm. know what it is. I don't know. If I want to register my, my business, my parking lot, who, who? How do I do it? How much? How much cost is involved? What do I need to do? It does not cost you one cent. You call the Shreveport Police Department, the Community uh, Oriented Policing Bureau, a community liaison officer will bring you out the application to do so. I'll walk you through the process. Um, once it's approved, then uh, you purchase the sign, and I'll direct you to the North Shreveport Business Association. They've been our community partner and purchasing the signs and distribute them, place the signs up on your property at each entrance, at site where anyone driving on your property can see it, and that's all it takes. Because my memory is going back maybe a decade or more, we used to have a lot of problem like at Juella in Greenwood. We called it cruising back in the day. The kids uh -huh. would just cruise, and I think that's where the the, the, the parking lot thing started because then some that's would right. just park in the, the, the businesses, the McDonald's of the right. world, and that's they would right. just crowd things up. And in those days, it was more of a traffic problem. Today, it seems like it's escalated to another problem. It's yes. not just traffic and inconvenience for citizens. It's actually become violence and gun are there drugs involved? What's your? I know maybe y'all know have a have a huge insight, but what's going on when these things happen? Our sign initiative evolved from Greenwood and Joel, as a matter of fact, and uh, it and some other tactics. We solved that problem there because back in the day, you just sort of you just sort of run them off, and, the, and the, they'd all move to a different city. They disperse, yeah. and yeah. it would sort of solve itself. Yeah. But now they're not really. It's not really a rolling, moving problem, is it? Yes, it still is. Uh, it's sort of a game, I believe, to the participants. For instance, if we go to on Mansfield Road where they gather on that parking lot, and most lot of and it's disperse, southwest, is that fair? Most of it's southwest yes, these days. Yes, they will disperse from that location and go to another location. When we go to that location, they'll leave there and go somewhere else. It's well, sort of a game. What if they're doing it at uh, public parks, Ford Park, at the? Frisbee golf course. You'll see some gathered there. What if they're in public parks, Chief? You have a full authority then to go run absolutely, them off. Absolutely, absolutely. On public property, public space, that is a different case. But we I have, have a right authority. to be there. At what point do I not? At what point do I cross the line? Can I go to that Frisbee golf course and play my music loud and sit in my car and, and uh, drink a, you know, a beer? A lot of discretion and good judgment will have to be uh, used during a situation like that. At any point where the police uh, can justify and feel like the situation is posing a potential hazard, it's getting very unsafe because of the circumstance, then we will uh, ask you to leave. 
Run them off. Uh, we okay. periodically uh, close parks now because of that okay. on Sundays. Are, are we seeing when I know I see in other cities we have the drag racing. We have what I call the traffic stops where they shut a road down sometimes, these crowds, even on the interstate where they do donuts and things. Are we seeing that here? I noticed going down the parkway yesterday, something bad happened. Looks like a light pole got taken out and there was a fire mm-hmm. took place, obviously, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Are things happening down on the parkway? Yes, on the parkway, uh, our drag racing does occur. Uh, the parkway, uh, airport drive, uh, some parking lot, major parking lots in Shreve City. Uh, on Mansfield Road, kids get in the parking lot and do donuts. So mm-hmm. that does happen. Uh, but we are aware of it. We are uh, actively pursuing those who do that. And if we catch them, we will prosecute them to the fullest extent And I'm extent guessing this just drains what little manpower you have. It does. Uh, I would love to my, for my officers to be patrolling the neighborhoods and really, really concerned about neighborhood safety as opposed to spending a lot of time out uh, you know, running kids. behind kids <laughs> doing mm. stupid things. When we get back, um, can we talk a little bit about Mardi Gras and the, and the efforts to secure that? And I know you probably heard the mayor talking about that, and it's a manpower issue pretty much. We'll talk about that when we get back. Absolutely. Wonderful. More with Wayne Smith coming up. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Back with Chief Wayne Smith in studio. Thanks for always coming in. He likes to come in person. Absolutely. And uh, we, we uh, want to talk to you about Scott Hughes, by the way, is here for Mike. And Mike Wayne has his bodyguard with him today. Yes. We, should, we should mention that. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Angie. Miss Angie Wilhite is here. Um, she does a lot of heavy lifting behind the scenes. I'm just telling you, a lot of work. Um, Chief, the, the Mardi Gras parades has become kind of a, a contentious issue in our community with regard to security. You have, yes. and particularly the Centaur Parade, which is set for February 3rd. That morning at 11 a.m., you have the African-American Parade, which has been on that date, that first Saturday for years and years and years, 30-plus years. Yes. And then that afternoon, you have the Centaur Parade. The mayor is saying, has been waving a red flag, saying we don't have enough police officers to handle both of these parades. Y'all have been working on finding some help, he told us. Yes. Um, but you, your guys... To do both of those parades in that one day would be a tough, tough order, huh? Uh, yes, it would. Without some additional resources coming in, as everyone well know uh, about our manpower, uh, woman power shortage. Uh, you know, it takes well over three hundred people uh, to do one of the big Mardi Gras parades, and many of those people. I'm working 16 hours already because beside doing that, they've got to do their regular shift. It takes, you know, a year planning coming up to that where we have to look at the calendar and post days when nobody can, can take off. And with the dwindling resources, we just don't have the resources to do. I would have to work people 24 hours a day to do mm. that and i don't think that's right legal or safe to do so and to be fair wayne and not to not to call up an old wound here or anything but yes. a lot of people act like oh they're just moving some floats around and we just need some police officers to stand at barricades but to be fair 
It's two parades in one day. And if I remember correctly, last year we had not one but two shootings at one of these parades. That is correct. I'm not, I'm not saying it was Centaur, but we had at least two shootings, including one the person that got shot and killed. That's correct. And then I don't know the numbers, but every year this produces, I'm guessing, a couple dozen. Or, I mean, there's some significant events that take place along. You get 200,000 people together. How? What happens at these events from a law enforcement side? Because I don't think we see that as the public when we say it takes officers why does it take officers? What practically happens on, on that day for your people? Our obligation is to make it the parade as safe as possible. And that is not only uh, enforcing the rules uh, and laws. That is keeping people safe so uh, little kids doesn't get out in the parade route and get ran over. I can recall uh, in the past, a time or so, we've had someone get hit by a parade. Which happened in New Orleans two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And what happens when the uh, the floats come along, kids and people have a great time. They run out to catch the throws, and sometimes they're just not aware of the inherent dangers of getting close to a 40-foot float. And, Chief, they may people may not realize to get other agencies to help to come in from other parishes or other regions it's difficult because every community now has Mardi Gras. So everybody wants them to come help. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and you're obligating yourself, to be frankly honest. If, if I ask, uh, you know, Cal Cashew to come and help me when Cal Cashew have that parade, guess what? We're returning the favor. And, and I'm, just, ah, guessing that, and I'm okay. just guessing that a police officer doesn't always want to necessarily come and do crowd control for 200,000 people. It, doesn't, it, may not be, it may not be as fun from your side. Is that fair to say? That is correct. They don't have a choice in the matter. It's uh, we force people to fill those vacancies. Your, your officers, our officers. But, that but is people correct. coming in from Ruston or Grambling or Monroe or Natchitoches. If you got officers coming in, can they? Are they forced by the departments, or is that voluntary on those officers' decision to come up and work with you? I would say it's probably both ways. If if I call and say, you know, Natchitoches, can you uh, help me out with? 10 officers, or some of them will be volunteered and some of them will be voluntold. Chief, the the folks will say, well, New Orleans has parade after parade after parade. I mean, all day. They they flow one to another to another, and they have a manpower shortage, and they're they're still able to do it. So why can't we do it? How do you respond to that? I don't think there's many parades uh, uh, in Louisiana that's five, six miles long, continuous. That is a long parade. That's a long it's a long parade. route to cover. You're absolutely and, and right. They're, flo- they're generally flowing, in, in my memory in New Orleans is, they're generally also flowing the exact same parade route. They, mm-hmm. they shut it down, and it's parade after parade after parade, the same rate. You know, this is two different parade routes. Uh, each parade is a, a generally around an eight-hour endeavor mm-hmm. for each police officer. And, and you sitting here with us this morning, we got our last minute or so, um, and I want to get to that other event that's coming booth. up. You want yeah. to get back to that. But um, you, night parades are inherently more dangerous? Absolutely, because of, of visibility, w- without a doubt. Okay. The, the analogy gave, someone gave me is, would you rather go to a day game or a night game at Tiger Stadium and why? Uh, the yep, same yeah. premise holds for parades, yeah. and mm-hmm. it happens as well. But I think we wanted to close with the dunking booth. You are going to get soaking wet for a good cause. And I understand Wayne's coming right behind you in the dunking booth. You can get even. I just made that up, but I might 
tempt him to get up there. Well, I will for, for all the people over the course of my career that I've issued a ticket to. I challenge you to come out and get even. The, the, the event is Saturday. It's uh, the, your career fair going on, right? That's exactly right. We're excited about it. It's uh, 2010 North Market, I believe. It's at the Louisiana Technical College, where mm-hmm. the name is. Up on their Shreveport. What time? It's 9 to 2. 9 to 2, that is correct. I'll be in the dunking booth from 9 to 11. So 9 to 11 is mm-hmm. the prime time Prime to come. time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and don't worry about the weather, rain, shine, sleet, or snow. <sighs> the dunking will go on. LSU plays at 11, so mm-hmm. you'll be soaking wet to go home and make your sausage balls. <laughs> no, no one's going to hit the target. I'm oh, gonna not going to fall. No one's going to hit the target. target. target a lot. But and for dun- everyone out there, we have immediate openings and... Uh, I tell you, as a, a caveat to that, we have partnered with the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Uh, they will be there and going to be directing uh, uh, people who are unemployed our way off. Bring your kids, too. There's stuff for kids to do. Yes, There's going to be people to keep an eye on them. So you can bring the kids out and you know, bouncy things. It's going to be a, good, a great event. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I'm going to wear my bikini. Come on. No, I'm not. I'm lying. <laughs> what I want, thank you. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Scott Hughes is in for Mike today. Mike is on the way to Atlanta for a wedding. Um, when we, after this short segment here, we're going to talk about the Shanerica Fleming's speech and what happened at City Hall with Scott. I want to get your take on that. But uh, first, at keelnews.com, you can see a list of the most searched Google terms in different states and then louisiana i want to see if you've google searched these i have the not seen five. the list yet so you this haven't. is like a lightning round mm-hmm, yeah okay the number one on the list is damar hamlin no okay you knew who he was you didn't need to go google him you you saw the injuries the buffalo bills player that was hurt earlier this year yes i, I was um, watching the game i just mm-hmm. have never googled damar hamlin no i haven't either uh chat gpt is number two no, I'm GPT scares me. Uh, yeah, I saw the Terminator. It just, it's, it, I'm worried. <laughs> I don't think you've searched any of these. Maybe you've searched. I'm not sure. Uh, the other, the I'm other, hoping not because they're unknown to me right now. The so. other three that are on the list in Louisiana, Jazz Fest. I've actually searched Jazz Fest. Okay, to see know, who's there over the years. Okay. Are the Rolling Stones coming, etc. Right. Dr. John, uh, Super Bowl, perhaps. Um, no, I, I I never searched the Super Bowl, but I'm highly aware. I, right. you know, I was born on the Super Bowl. Okay, and I know you haven't searched this one. Hogwarts Legacy. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's it's a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> yeah, it's a but, video um, game. So I, yeah. I've searched, to be honest, I've searched Hogwarts. I've never searched okay. Hogwarts Legacy. You can see the list. It's at keelnews.com. And what are they searching in Texas? What, what, you know, one of them that they're searching across the U.S. I've never even heard of. So you can go see that full list at keelnews.com. When we get back, we're going to talk about the uh, Shenerica Fleming's speech and the mess that is the city council. Um it's not a mess. It's a dumpster fire. We'll talk about that. It's when government in action. Yeah. Popcorn time. 1017. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Okay. Popcorn time. Get your popcorn here. Get your sausage balls. Uh, a city council meeting. This week was, I mean, clown cars, not even, that's not even mean enough. It, it's a debacle. Dumpster fire, what did Greg call it? A grease fire? It, it's awful. It, it wasn't pretty. Mm-mm. It was how the sausage is made. And we, we pulled the curtain back and, and, and really 
to, to be fair, I think it went well beyond at a certain point being a circus. It got into what could be um, a litigious situation mm-hmm. because um, setting all politics aside, which was raw and ugly, we got into HR issues. Other employees were brought up in the in the um, I'll call it a rant. And their Other personal hygiene were brought was up, talked which, about, which should not have happened. We got into could be defamation. We got into attacking of public officials. Whether I like the public officials or not, they should not be attacked in that that capacity. Um, and then the most stunning part, because I believe it went on for well more than five minutes, maybe up to eight minutes, mm-hmm. is. You know, there's a simple statement that needed to be said. Mr. Chairman, I call the question. It should have stopped. I think at a certain point we've gotten where, and yes, I'm old school. I know that. I'm an older generation. But we've gotten to a point where we're more concerned of how we look on social media about stopping someone from speaking than we are from doing the right thing, which is should have been never let that person speak at that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you take care of public business. You could have walked. She could have walked out on side on the sidewalk or held a press conference, and that was the venue for it, mm-hmm. but not in the public meeting that never should have happened. Um, why wasn't it done behind closed doors? Could it have been? Some have told me, no, they had to do it in an open meeting because they had to vote on it, et cetera. All you have to do in the open meeting is vote. Uh, you can regularly go. Matter of fact, the, 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 the council has two or three actual employees that report to them. Mm-hmm. Generally, best practice would be to go into. There's only two reasons you can go into executive session to deal with personal matters and to deal with legal matters before the board that mm-hmm. can't be dealt with in public. So you could have easily gone into executive session to have that session with Miss Fleming as the employee. Then you come out of executive session and say, do I have a motion? The motion would have been made. You cast the vote and you move on. I think mm-hmm. I said earlier last hour in almost every hr situation best practice of hr is when you have to terminate somebody you do it quickly professionally and quietly um for all parties and this was done as messy and as loud as it could possibly be done on live television Mm -hmm. now recorded forever in the annuals of the city council minutes the 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 day they fire me from here they're not going to walk me back into the studio and give me eight minutes on the air no you're going to pull in the parking lot and your key won't work yes exactly you're going to come in the front door and they're going to say miss mccarty why don't you come in here we have some things to talk mm-hmm. about the paperwork to fill out that's that's how it'll happen D- does is this over with miss flemings do we hear from her again does she have any kind of lawsuit you I mean you know a lot about um workplace stuff i'm gonna say it's over for miss flemings in terms of us probably seeing her at the city council um whether she has a lawsuit or not um, I'll start with, yes, yeah, she has a lawsuit. Anyone can sue anyone. That's, this is America. Mm-hmm. Now, whether the lawsuit has merit, that's where the rubber's going to meet the road. Oftentimes, people file lawsuits with the clear intent of settling them. Okay, right. I file the suit, and it's called a cost of defense. If it's going to cost you 10000 to defend something, you might settle for 5000 right now. I'm just making numbers up. Right. Um, the challenge she's going to have is Louisiana is both an at-will employment state, and so the, the laws are stronger on the employer side. You still can't discriminate or do certain things. That, that mm-hmm. Those protections exist. But the other problem she's going to have is unique to civil service. She was what's considered an unclassified employee, at-will employee. And mm-hmm. so I'm not going to make any comments on Miss Fleming. I'll go to previous persons that have held unclassified jobs. Mr. Thompson, the previous clerk. Jerry Jones, the city attorney, a friend of mine, my, my attorney today. Um, when Jerry Jones was the city attorney, he used to tell me Hazel Beard could fire him for the color of his tie. He could be fired at any moment mm-hmm. as an unclassified employee. So... The termination is going to be the termination. 
the issue she's going to have is if she now wants to allege what is effectively harassment mm-hmm. of various kinds. There were right. multiple kinds of harassment alleged. She, I don't believe, laid any groundwork for that. I mean, um, she's got to come back in and say, I complained on this day. I complained on this day. I, I documented this. Mm-hmm. I did this. I don't think she did that. And I think she's going to sadly find out one of the reasons I believe they terminated her and what make wait, we work against her is she's an attorney. This is not like, oh, surprise, the law is going to trip me up. Her very job was to know the law. And as an attorney, to have done the things that she done, I, she may have a lawsuit. I think yeah. it's going to be a high standard for it to amount to anything. Last 30 seconds. A lot of people have told me, how's she going to get a job after doing that? Who would hire her after she you know, lit the place on fire walking out the door? Don't you think that's a problem for her? Well, historically, in employment, that's going to be a problem for her. Now, going in her favor, she is an attorney. She is a highly articulate, bright woman. So mm-hmm. let's go with that. Despite everything that took place, she has a skill set. Yeah. Um, I think the real question is, is she going to get a job in this community? Yeah. I think she's. I think she'll get a job somewhere. Gotcha. 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, I'm not going to say who just called, but I'm going to say somebody who's pretty, you know, pretty knowledgeable about the legal system and says uh, a lawyer knows there are some things you cannot divulge or say. I'm going to phrase this wrong. Um, If you're a lawyer, things that are confidential that you can't say and that Miss Flemings may have crossed the line Mm. in her speech this week to the council and that that may jeopardize... Um, you know, a legal future for her. That was interesting points we hadn't talked, we hadn't yeah. heard about. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that at all because she is a lawyer. Her, you know, her bar license, she has some requirements, things she can and cannot do when leaving an employee. Mm. And she may have crossed the line. So, because um, she named people by name. Right. Accused people of doing things, accused of an employee of doing things. But I did talk to another lawyer, a different attorney, who said, you know, if Miss Flemings were to come to her to think about filing a lawsuit against the city of Shreveport, she would ask first, are the things true that you allege? Right. Um, Have you filed complaints before? Were those complaints investigated? Number four, what were the results of those investigations? And number five, there were five things she said she'd have to find out. Um, did this action affect the term or condition of your employee? So those were the things you would have to, you would have to ask. Wow, okay. And this yeah. lawyer also said there may be a, a case on the other side. There may be a case um, for defamation of character by an employee she specifically mentioned or um, a council member she specifically mentioned and alleged to have done something that that council member can prove is absolutely not true could be a defamation of character case. So, you know, I don't know where this ends up. This is wild stuff. I do know. <laughs> when when Ruben tells you um, that he wanted to wait to hear about it on yeah. the show yeah. 
Wednesday morning. Yeah, somebody but, who gives no sense at all about city government. No, I, I even in here every day, I, I still know nothing. <laughs> right. But he was looking forward to hearing what went down at the council meeting. Yeah, my, that, my that, mom started texting me like, oh, it's, not, go, it's going down at the council meeting. <laughs> and you were like, oh, I can't oh, wait wow. to hear it. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till the morning to hear it. Then. It was a popcorn session. There's no doubt about it. Jeez. And um, in a couple of weeks, they'll have another one. But I think, you know, things are kind of shifting with the council and they're going to probably have to uh, sing Kumbaya and come back down to earth because Some, they got to they got to try <laughs> to pass a bond issue in the spring too. They're working to get the voters confidence. You don't get the voters confidence if you're bickering among yourselves and you're no, fighting. No. No. Speaking of bond issues. Caddo Parish has got a bond issue on the ballot next month uh, for juvenile justice, but it's been criticized in many circles. I have been critical of it myself. We're going to bring in retired judge Paul Young, who has been pushing for this for a dozen years, probably more. And he's going to tell us why it's really important right now and whether or not he is is hoping that you will support it. That is coming up after 8 o'clock right here, 1017. just had a lucky day uh, i mean mike's out scott hughes is in um for for mike thank you for doing this I appreciate this it. is great radio i'm honored to just be here and watch all the guests today and we and they've all come in studio all so in they've, studio they've warmed up the seat for you and we're joined now by somebody i dearly love i mean i he, he knows this uh retired Judge Paul Young. As I he, told you, former centenary professor Paul Young. Yes. I had him back in the 80s at centenary. I know, he taught, taught law classes. I know Paul for 30-plus years. We were two when we first met, I, I guess, something like that. Um, Paul, you have been working and preaching and singing and yelling uh, about we need more juvenile bed space for years. You served as a juvenile court judge for how many years? 21 years. Wow. And that issue is not debated, I think, by anybody no, at this point. We, we all, need, we we need all more know. juvenile space. We, we all know that we do. The problem today is juveniles. Mm-hmm. The police chief was just here. And you were saying for years, you were saying this is going to become a bigger problem. We now have to house 17-year-olds. And now there is a measure on the ballot uh, next month to fund more juvenile bed space. Parish-wide proposition, 3.5 mills. It's not a bond issue. Thank it's you, a millage thank you. Okay. for 15 years. Paul, it looks like it's just full of pork, and that's our concern today. Well, in reality, after we started six, seven years ago with this issue when we realized 17-year-olds were coming our way, um, the commission never bought into expanding the detention center. And this is the Democrats and the Republicans. The Democrats, in effect, said I was just trying to lock more kids up in cages. Mm Mm-hmm not knowing how liberal I was. Right. <laughs> the uh, Republicans realized there was a problem. No tax, no tax, no tax. Didn't matter if the problem was real or not. No tax. So lose-lose kind of from the right. start. I mm-hmm. looked behind me. I was tr- trying to lead. I looked behind me. There was nobody there. That's a good fight to Including go take, Paul. <laughs> the leaders in the law enforcement community. Really? Nobody publicly supported it. There was one commissioner, Mike Middleton, 
mm-hmm. had law enforcement background, had publicly said he's right, this is what we need to do, and we need to do it now. The sheriff so, wasn't on board? We need more beds? Not at that time. Mm. So uh, that issue wasn't dead, but it was morbid. Mm-hmm. Then they realized the juvenile problems were arising, as mm-hmm. we predicted. And so they started talking about, well, what can we do? We're not going to expand the juvenile detention. Pull that detentions. closer to you. Pull that mic closer because sure. your voice gonna, is soft. We're not going to expand the juvenile detention center, but what can we do? So this millage is not to create more beds. I wish it was, but it's not. But that's what we need, Paul. I know. Preaching to the choir. But that's not what it is. And in our democratic process, as we talked about the other day, only an extremist insists insist on their own way, left or right. We have live in a democracy. We have to bargain. We have to compromise to reach some kind of consensus to go forward. And that is the process that's been gone on in the commission. And so where, where it got, Paul, it's to skip some. It says it's a 3.5 mil right. tax for 15 years. It would generate roughly $5.2 million-ish dollars um, on an annual basis. And the key language down here says, for the purpose of maintaining public safety by supporting costs for community mental health programs, workforce development programs, neighborhood development programs, litter and blight abatement, and then we get to the, the clear justice parts, a criminal justice system, the juvenile justice system, including acquiring, equipping, improving, maintaining, and operating these systems. Right. The most fundamental purpose of government is public safety. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a variety of ways to address public safety. Obviously, having jails and, and uh, in secure facilities like that is important. But prevention of crime is also a legitimate avenue by which to mm-hmm. try to address public safety. And that's what this is, crime prevention. No one can argue against the fact mm-hmm. that mental health programming is important in that area. So is the, all the other things. In, indeed, our mayor, white Republican, has been saying for decades how important blight eradication is. Mm-hmm. That's why it's in there. It's a popular thing now. But these other aspects of it uh, are very important also. Neighborhood development, uh, workforce development. We all know how related poverty is to crime but but paul let's make them separate issues let's let's put different millages on the ballot let's let me decide do i want more bed i want more beds i want you to promise me i'm going to get more juvenile beds you're not promising me that you today you might get that i might get that right. and i might not but that's well. part of the democratic process the function after you get the tax passed is to go before the commission and you argue for certain things. If you're into blight abatement, go for it. If you're into mental health programming, go for it. If you're into more beds at the juvenile detention center, which I am, I'm planning to go for it. But, but you and, had and a pro- citizens committee that studied this and presented a plan. Their plan said we need more beds. 
And, and I think Aaron's problem, Judge, is that she's going to say, I'm not going to vote for it until you tell me what it's for. I, I, I don't want to speak for mm -hmm. Aaron, but that's where she is on roads. And I think she's here the same play. She's going to take the approach of, I don't want to give you just money and then go discuss and do the Democratic Who process. Who wants to give government a blank check anymore? We just don't. Well, it's not really a blank check. They talk about the areas they're going to spend the money on. And that's clear. It's outlined. Mm -hmm. Right. And... But it's part of the democratic process to see which areas have priority and how much should be devoted to those. It might end up that there's nothing going toward blight abatement, but it goes to mental health programming. It might be that they do decide, since they do have the capital funds to expand the detention center right now, plenty of money to build it, they're looking for money to uh Operated. And you raise a good point. The commission has cash on hand. Oh, absolutely. They, they have cash on hand. I'll that's, play. that's never been the issue. They've always been able to build the facility, expand it. The issue has been whether or not, not there are sufficient recurring funds to run it. And, and, and with this passage, there is. And, and so I'll play, I'll play counterpoint. It's possible that that will be funded. But it's subject to the democratic process. None of us have the authority to dictate what that's going to be. And the commission right now does not have a majority vote to do what I want to do. Mm. But they do have the majority vote. It would vote it uh, eight to three with one abstention to address public safety in this way. The call for the call for the millage. Yes. I want them to do something else. But I also want them to do this because this is critically important to address public safety. This goes to the root problems, the root causes of crime. And I'll play and counterpoint so to the point I made for Aaron, who's going to say, show me up front what it's for. That's mm -hmm. kind of her position. This is a 3.5 mil tax. Mm -hmm. It would generate over 5 million annually. Is that correct? Or is that right. over the whole 15 no, years? No, that's correct. So it's 5 million a year. We right. agree on that. Right. And I, what I hear you saying to play the counterpoint is, Every year they would decide how to allocate that $5 million. The needs might change over 15 years. Exactly, and it might carry over. They're not going to spend $5 million all in one year, I don't believe. I don't think you can logistically do that. Mm -hmm. So funds will carry over. Larger uh, projects, lesser projects. Larger projects, lesser projects. What seems to be the need at that time, why hamstring them now mm -hmm. to vote X amount toward mental health programming? programming an X amount toward blight abatement or uh, counseling services or beds at the detention center, why hamstring them now? Why not let them meet the needs that arise and that they see are the most important? Can you stay with us? Can you, we got to take a break. Can you stay with us? Because oh, I want to talk a little bit about the beds and what that costs absolutely. and what it costs to run because you, I mean, that's your, that's your sandbox and I want to hear more about that okay. when we get back. Smith. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. All right, we are joined by retired juvenile court judge Paul Young. Uh, we go back a long, long way. Scott Hughes is in for Mike today. Paul got this text message. That's not how they sold it six months ago. The millage tax. The millage, yeah. That's, they said we had the money to build the pods, but not the money to run them. Now crawfishing. And what about the $4.6 they are already borrowing from Public Works? There is money uh, supplementing the 1957 millage that funds juvenile court, and those funds do come from 
unused funds in public works, oil and gas, and general funds. And it may be that amount. Mm-hmm. I'll assume that. Okay. Um, but the construction versus operation. Yeah, that can't continue, of course. They can't continue mm-hmm. to draw those funds from those other uh, pockets. Uh, they do have the money in the bank to build two extra pods to the detention center. When you say pods, would, how many which, beds? Which would add 16 beds. Okay. And that's the facility right there on Uri Drive. That's down correct. Near, yeah. That's correct. It, is uh, 16 additional beds enough? Uh, it can be if it's run properly, if okay. it's managed properly. And how much does it enough. cost to build 16 new beds? Uh, the last figure I saw was $12 million to build okay. those pods. And to run it? To run it. The additional cost to run it. That's that, the annual cost. Annual cost would be uh, somewhere between one and a half, two million. Okay. Now, and this is tax that, is five point two annually. Right. Now that figure itself is obviously subject to some manipulation, mm-hmm. depending on how you expense items and such. But even say one and a half to two million, which I think is a little inflated, uh, there's plenty of money in this millage to run that. And this millage includes acquiring, equipping, improving, maintaining, right. and operating these systems. Right. So it would be a, a valid, valid use of this tax. Right now, however, in all frankness, mm-hmm. there is not the political will on the commission that exists now. And it, there's more. When I started this, it was the old commission. You've been working on this for a decade. In, uh, yeah. 2020. With this new commission, there is some movement on both sides, Democrat and Republican, to support additional beds at the detention center, just like there's new support from public officials mm-hmm. that now right. talk about they're in favor of it that weren't saying that in 2020. Um, and there will be a new, new, a new, new exactly. commission coming on the horizon. <laughs> That's my point. That's the democratic process. That's why you don't give up just because it's not ironclad in the millage statement. You work on the new commission. Those, that's the democratic process. If they do what you want, great. If they don't do what you want, you try again. And Why if not? They still, well, if they still don't do it, you vote them out. Why not, Paul, say no next month to this, send a loud and clear message to this commission, we want to give you $12 million to build a new jail and and two I'll, million a I'll year to run what, it. I'll tell you why. And if you want those other things, let's do a different millage for each of those. I'll tell you why. Because the only thing you'll have is a no vote. You won't have that explanation. There hasn't been an explanation from any significant group in the last six or seven years we've been talking about this. The only message has been no. No. From taxes. the commission? No. From the populace, mm-hmm. from the population. Well, the it's, populace is not inclined to give any political body a blank check like right. this. That's why voting it down now is simply going to be interpreted as nobody's going to vote for a tax, period. Doesn't matter what it is, who supports it. That's whatever. calling the voters stupid. No, it's calling them uh, tight with their money, which I respect. Mm-hmm. I am too, but... You just don't get that interpretation from a no vote. What I urge people to do is take what you can get when you can get it. Here we have a commission that is supporting 
an additional millage for juvenile court and other aspects of the justice system. And you're saying you haven't of, even, you haven't been able to get them to this point, right? For years, all of since, which is needed. since the fifties. If if you really yeah. if you pay attention, that's the last. Is that fair to say, Paul? It's the last significant tax. Nineteen fifty-seven was the millage. Uh, as someone pointed out, you had to be eighty-four years old to vote for that millage. And, Which and puts it in perspective mm-hmm. a little bit. And Aaron, to clarify one thing, I, I understand your point about blank check, and I'm not, certainly not making um, Judge Young's argument, but this is a partially blank check. It, it does at least say by support by for the purpose of maintaining public safety. But as you sit in that chair today, in our last yes. minute, I may support this, and I may not get one more juvenile bed. That, that could happen. That that could happen. That could happen. But you have opportunities, you work the democratic process, you pressure, and you threaten to vote them out if they don't do what you want to do, regardless of what your goal is. That's what everybody will do, the mental health community, everybody. Mm -hmm. I wanted to add that the millage costs $3.67 per month or $44 a year for a $200,000 home. I brought my tax bill Mm -hmm. last year. I pay about double that. Okay. I pay over. I pay forty five hundred dollars a year in property tax. Total all sources cattle parish tax. My juvenile court breakdown for forty five hundred dollars in property tax is fifty six dollars and sixty four cents. Hmm. Yeah. This might one and a half percent. This might double it. <laughs> okay. Hundred dollars. Now I think that's a a minimal mm-hmm. amount to invest in what we're all concerned with is rising crime, crime prevention. And are we going to actually do something about it? Independent, really, of the juvenile bed issue, Mm -hmm. this is all appropriate to do. If they do it right. If they do it right. And I, I can't thank you enough for coming in and... I'm also disappointed, too, that it's a retired judge who's having to be the one to go out here and sell this. Why don't? Why is a commissioner out here banging on my door? Why aren't there other law enforcement people banging on my door? Why aren't there the juvenile court people banging on my door? Well, I appreciate Paul coming in. A lot of those other politicians are currently running for a re-election, yeah. so that's going to be a problem. But I do want to... I- I do want to give Paul credit. Paul is one of the ones that, if you go back 10 years ago, was banging this drum 10 years oh. ago. He's not here today banging the drum. We had the chief on earlier who's talking about this is the problem of juveniles. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul started saying this, as did many others, and the juvenile um, you know, the juvenile judges for years, that this rise of juvenile crime was coming. Mm-hmm. They saw it coming, and we're finally here. I guess you are, we'll close with you, Judge, and you're strongly saying vote yes is what I'm hearing. Definitely. Independent of any other issues that mm-hmm. I'm concerned about, this is a good thing to vote for because it addresses public safety in a crime prevention aspect. And all of us know that that is one very legitimate way to address public safety is prevention. Mm-hmm. The dollars would be limited to public safety. Paul Young, retired juvenile court judge, longtime friend. I appreciate you coming in. Very welcome. Thank mm-hmm. you for having me. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Going to talk with Mayor Tom Arsenault about Mardi Gras. That is coming up next. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. 
Scott Hughes is in for Mike today. Mayor Tom Arsenault is in the room. We're going to have some fun here and talk Mardi Gras. Um, you got a proposal. You you if if you're just on this Mardi Gras train, you wanted to make some changes to Mardi Gras, Mayor, and you sent a proposal to the Mardi Gras crews for a new contract. They have now countered. Um, doesn't seem like they're giving too much. Did they give Did they give you anything? What does their proposal consist of? Uh, their proposal uh, enlarges the enlarges the parades, turns them into night parades. Wants a, a nine year. Uh, contract and other things. There's there's nothing in there that one would call a compromise. It it wants a start time of five p.m. It does, and that will not happen. We have not started a parade in this community at five p.m. for many many years. Correct. Correct. We started last year at three. Is that correct. right? And you have proposed backing them up to two thirty. To two thirty. They started at Lake Street and Clyde Vant Parkway. You've proposed starting them near the railroad bridge. Yeah, I have. I do have an update on that. Okay. We believe that we, uh, first of all, all of the changes that we, and I would not call them proposals. I would call them what we intend to do. <laughs> oh, wow. Demands, they, they essentially. Were, no. They okay. were the conditions under which we could have those parades in what, in our opinion, would be safely. Okay. Public safety is our number one concern, right. and it should be our number one concern. Sure. So all of the changes that we are making have a relationship to public safety. So the, the criteria, reason, this is what's going to happen if you do this. That's correct. It's and, like, just and, like you lease a park or something else, you, the rules are stated when you do the lease. That's exactly right. Okay. And, so, and they're all public safety directed. We, uh, uh, we looked carefully first at the, the first proposal was to start at East Stoner, and we looked at our uh, public safety plan. Decided that we did not need to them start at East Stoner; they mm-hmm. could start at the basically at the railroad trellis, okay, uh, just at Veterans Park, mm-hmm. which we did because we felt we could do we could defend it, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we now believe that we have located uh, sufficient personnel from other agencies to be able to do the route from Lake Street. Okay. What other agencies? I mean, who's, who's stepping I'm in not at liberty. I'm not at liberty to share that right now, okay. but we feel comfortable that we're going to be able to do that if we can get the dates straight quickly. And because if not, our opportunity there is going to disappear. But, but let me tell you that their setup and their lineup and everything, that was not going to be any different. Basically, from Lake Street to the trellis was just going to be a no-throw zone. Okay. So it really didn't impact the parade much at all. The things that we're asking them to do are things that we have asked them to do for years, and many of them they have not done, and so we put some teeth in it. Do you still need to move the date of the Centaur Parade? As of now, yes, because we need 60 additional personnel that we we cannot locate to have those parades on the same day. Have you reached out to the governor or to uh, the National Guard or to any... And is the governor going to step in and help at all with, like, state police or National Guard? I, I don't see typically typically you call out the National Guard for emergencies, and mm-hmm. I'm afraid the Mardi Gras parade is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't constitute an emergency. They, the National Guard helps at the Natchitoches Christmas Festival. I've been told that. Um, so a possibility? You're not you're not saying no. The uh, convention and tourist bureau. Excuse me. 
visit Shreveport Bossier is mm-hmm. work. They know what we need, and they are working on resources uh, as we speak. If we have the resources, our issue is people. And mm-hmm. if we have the people, then then we can we can perform both parades. As of now, we don't have the people. And state police have historically been used in New Orleans, but unfortunately, they're historically used in New Orleans. They don't probably have 60 officers mm-hmm. to pull up to Shreveport because New Orleans is happening that same time. So uh, uh, the lieutenant they, governor Mardi Gras is happening all over, is, all yeah. over the state, and so the question is: once you start. Once you start down that road, and that's my point. Everybody, every everybody asks for the same thing, mm-hmm. and then you run into a then you run into a, a man manpower woman power shortage. The lieutenant governor told us on Keel, and I and you're aware because I texted you that we can't move the date of one of our big parades because it will impact international tourism. Um, how do you respond to that? And has he reached out to you yet? I've heard not a peep from the lieutenant governor. I have contacted him. Uh, and sent him the reasons for our deal, and I have not heard a word from him. Uh, I presume that his remarks were uh, were made out of ignorance. Whoa. If he says he reached out to Stacy Brown to say, y'all can't move the dates of the parade, uh, that's the wrong person he should talk to, I guess, huh? Stacy Brown doesn't make those decisions. Those decisions are made in the mayor's office, and I know that the lieutenant governor has my phone number. Okay, what do you say to people who are who were planning to come February third to the Centaur Parade? It's the biggest. I'm told it, it may be the actually the biggest parade in the state, in terms of the length of the parade, et cetera. That's part of our problem. It is. It's over five miles long, and mm. it takes a lot of people, a lot of people to control crowds and to be able to control the kind of behavior that unfortunately some people engaging in during Mardi Gras. So that's the reason that we that we have a manpower shortage in trying to in trying to uh, provide public safety for people so that their parade experience is a safe experience. And so I've heard two things, Tom, just to clear a lot of things, but two clear things. Number one, for any parade that takes place, there are now criteria is that that, that the city's putting out when, when any parade takes place. And number two, I've heard that the date of Centaur while not committed to be moving yet, it's going to take manpower to leave it on that day. Is that fair to say? It takes. We we need about sixty additional commissioned officers or some reasonable uh, substitute for so, those. So, so you're committed to the criteria, but you're still open to have Centaur on that day if the resources somehow can be found. There, there is there is no reason. Not to have the Centaur Parade on that day, except manpower. I just want to make, make that clarify that. I'm going to make and sure that, you clarify that, that was, point. That's what I heard. It could still. Most people have said they rolled on the same day before. It's happened before, but it's a, it's a numbers issue now. It's happened before when we had 300 officers available. We have fewer than 200 officers available. Tom, I've known you a long time, so I'm going to ask you something that's out there in the community. You've heard. Tom Arsenault is against Mardi Gras. He doesn't like Mardi Gras. He thinks it's a bad idea. He would rather we not even have it. Tom ain't no fun. Tom's a fuddy-duddy. <laughs> we're just, we're just you know, what people say. Is, is that any truth to that at all? The Mardi Gras parades are a part of the culture of the city of Shreveport, and we welcome them. Should they be confined to the parkway only, possibly the Shreveport and Bossier side, would that be the best long-term answer? 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, there's a lot more resistance to changing the route than there is to the to the things that we uh, suggested. The people along East Kings Highway and and surprisingly, even the businesses along Shreveport Barksdale Highway seem to enjoy it. I I see uh, no movement on the Bozier side to have any part of the parade in Bozier. The I hate to ask you this, but I'm going to the proposals you got Monday from the crew crews of Gemini and Centaur. Uh, counter proposals, whatever you want to call them, disingenuous when you got them. Um, I was very disappointed to receive their proposal. And you're an attorney by trade, so you're used to the back and forth. You're used to negotiation. Yeah, this is really not a negotiation. We're doing we are doing what we need to do. We asked them with respect to some of the provisions in the contract. For example, how many records? How many records do you need to, how do they need to be spaced? We, we ask for feedback from them because we, now, we use standards from places like Lake Charles and Lafayette, so we weren't reinventing the wheel uh, on this. More and wide many, open neighborhood style parades. Right. And, and, uh, and so we, we do not currently want, we do not feel it absolutely necessary to confine the parade to, uh, to Clyde Fant, but we also have to provide a parade that is safe for the parade goers. And we've also, we may be getting short on time, but we've also heard how will the criteria you've put out or the other issues, we, we've, we've talked Gemini and um, Centaur, is Highland affected? We've heard that Highland might be affected. How would, how would Highland fall into this new protocol? Highland will be, Highland's a different parade because it's during the daytime and is on a Sunday afternoon, but we have to be wary because Highland is entirely within neighborhoods and it has become very, very popular. So we will have some things, the the distance requirements, the record requirements, those things are going to apply to the Highland Parade. Uh, the only other way to deal with the Highland Parade really is to change its route. And we, we sense that that would be a very unpopular decision and therefore we don't want to go there. Two quickies. Folks have said... Charge more for those duck pond sites, and you could use that money for security. They're seventy-five bucks now. You could easily double it and still sell them out. Let's start there first, and then where we go from here. Well, first of all, our issue is not really a matter of money. Our issue is a matter of people. Doubling, doubling it, tripling it, quadrupling it does not give us more people for crowd control and for law enforcement during the parade. So that. I hear that issue, but the the fact is that money does not solve the problem. Where are we going from here? Do you answer their counter? Do you do you did you send them a letter saying this is not acceptable, or do you send your original proposal and go here's what we want? Is there a drop dead date you've got yeah. to achieve for, 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 so we all know the answer? Well, the drop dead date really is more for them than it is for me. We can do the contract in December. We can do the contract in January, but uh, that doesn't give them much time to to prepare. I think if they spend as much time figuring out how to move their parade, if they need to move the parade, uh, as they as they have castigating me, then I think this problem would be solved by now. And did you answer their counter proposal, or did I, you? I got it at. Five o'clock on Tuesday, right after the council meeting, and no, I have not responded to them. Mayor Tom Arsenault, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 101. 
Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One month from today is Election Day, October 14th. The governor's race and everything down the ballot from there. There are some important deadlines coming up. Scott Hughes, you're in for Mike today. What are some things folks need to know about if they want to vote in that election? Well, if you want to vote in the October 14th primary, we're already past the date to register for in mail-in ballots. Okay. And so you have until the 23rd, that's next week at some point, you have until the 23rd of September for online registration. You can go to the Go Vote Online, G-E-A-U-X, Go Vote, mm-hmm. and you can still register online to go in and re- vote in person. Okay. Now, when does early voting and all that start? Early voting begins September 30th. Early voting begins 930, 9-30. Okay. And it lasts how long? It lasts about a week till October the 7th. Okay. What about requesting a mail-in ballot and then voting by mail? There are some restrictions on that, too. The deadline to request a mail-in ballot is October the 10th. Okay. So you have a ways if you want. And who can get a mail-in ballot? Is it... It's anybody now, isn't it? These days, it, it's it's fairly much anybody. It used to be military and overseas people, but these days, almost anybody, they're not going to turn you down. Okay. If you make the formal request and you're registered to vote. Those are two different steps. Right. So you've got to complete the registration process like right now in the next couple of days. Okay. And you have until basically that October the 10th to request the ballot. All right. Scott Hughes will be back with us tomorrow. we got a lot of great guests tomorrow too right here. 